0: Welcome to the Rabbitoh's Top 4 Podcast, proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitoh's. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato, and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rabbitoh's Top 4 Podcast for this week, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire, and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business, or you need to get to the next game, visit whatif.com slash rabbitos. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monahan, and I am here with my co-hosts, Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. How are you this morning, Ella?
1: Very well, Jeremy. What a great introduction again, and uh, what a great week to be a rabbiter.
0: Isn't it? Isn't it? It's been a great week so far. And Thursday night footy, uh, I know we've spoken about this before from a commercial point of view, not great, but I love Thursday night footy, especially when you get a win because it sets up your whole weekend. So I'm looking forward to heading down to Canberra.
1: Raylan doesn't like uh, the Thursday nights as well after a win because uh, I get a bit excited over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> very good. How are you this morning, Shannon? I'm very well, Jez. As we said, yeah, six in a row. So we're always good after a win and uh, hopefully seven in a row. No pressure, ello
0: <laughs> Ello's always on on uh, song with his job down there on the the sideline, screaming at, at the kickers and screaming at the defence.
1: <laughs> it's such a lovely place on the sideline down there at minus two, oh, two. It? It's fantastic.
0: It's actually better than up in the outdoor media box that they've got yeah. at Canberra Stadium, with the wind whistling through the top level of the
2: grandstand. Yeah. <laughs> the, the corporate lounge isn't too bad. Though. Yeah, <laughs> is the corporate lounge this
0: week your lounge?
2: Uh, It is actually, yes (laughs) It is But there'll still be plenty of wine flowing Don't worry
0: about that Yeah, it's always warm in Vaucluse (laughs) (laughs)
2: It's
1: um, it's actually, I've checked the weather It's not too bad down there this year If you're going to go to Canberra and play a night match this is probably the time of year to yeah, go. So yeah. It'll, it'll be, it'll be quite
0: mild, actually. Yeah. It won't, there won't be any snowballs to the back of the head like <laughs> Sean Garley copped <laughs> that year when he was working with, uh, with Fox. I think it was. He copped a snowball in the back of the head. But first of all, I just want to give a big shout out to George Piggins. He's having a, a few health problems at the moment and our CEO. Blake Solley's been in constant contact with his family and getting updates on on how he's going. He's in hospital at the moment, and Blake organised uh, some gifts for George along with um, Nick Pappas, our our chairman, to help try and lift his spirits. And he's offered Blake has offered the full support of the club to to George and Nolane, the rest of his family. Blake's actually very close to his son-in-law. They uh I think they do beach patrols together down at Clavelli. So um Blake's been in contact and, and making sure that if they need anything they they can get anything. So uh we're told that George is in a, a stable condition and just on behalf of all the Rabbitohs members and supporters, we're we're thinking of him, we wish him a, a speedy recovery. And you've had a lot to do with George over the years. Yeah, he's right? been
1: a great man for the club and um you know, as as I often say when when he was coaching us back in the eighties, uh, everyone played for George and everyone's thinking of him now and uh Just a special thanks to the the great Henry Morris who's uh, been in touch with just texting me now and again to just keep me updated. And um, I'm I'm led to believe over the last couple of days there's been some good signs of improvement. So let's hope... uh, we keep going that direction.
0: Yeah,
2: very good. A couple of stalwarts there. Obviously, George, if he's a tough bugger, so if anyone can pull through, it's going to be George. And you also men- mentioned H, the great Henry Morris. You know, he's he's always so supportive of anybody doing it tough, and I know he's supporting George and Nolene and the family. And uh, he also put on a mental league function on Friday to, to raise money for Bunny Riley and, um, and Rocky Laurie. He's a great man. H, always the first one to help, and doing a great job with uh, mental league as well. Yeah,
0: fantastic. Okay, let's move on to our first discussion topic,
2: something that you've learnt this week. We'll kick off with you, Shannon. I've learnt that we're never out of the game. You know, against we're playing against the Titans and the big monster uh, feeders up there, like the incredible Hulk shrugging people off and just running over the top of things. I thought he was going to run over the top of the grandstand at one stage, and um, our boys just hung in there, hung in there, and then the second half... Uh, Just cut them to shreds And we've got so many points in us We're never out of a game Even that game early in the year Against the Storm Down in Melbourne You know, that's a fortress down there And we got behind And, you know, we came back Had all the momentum And went within a whisker Of um, getting on top and winning that game And I even remember Even though we got beat uh, The game against Panthers last year To go into the grand final And, you know, we got significantly um, Behind at one stage And, you know Renault had kicked a great 40-20 and his foot was just over the line and we were only down by four points at that stage. I'm certain that had that 40-20 gone through, we would have scored the next set and yep. probably finished in, in front. And that's the thing about our side. We've got points in us. They've got that self-belief. You know, they just – the desire to win. So we're never going to be out of any game and that's what I learned, Jess. Yeah, very good. What about you? Yeah,
1: well, you touch on what I was going to talk about there, Shannon, because there's a great bond – uh, between between the the players and also the players and the staff, um, and it was never so evident as as the other night. Um, they're down twenty four ten, and a try against us right on half time. And, and I must be said, one of the great tries of the season. Mm. And there was some there was some champagne football up it there was. Uh, the other night. It was really good for rugby league. I mean, it was. Uh, I love that sort of football. Uh, not. Not so much when you're behind 24-10, but <laughs> yeah. just watching that 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 style. The big thing I learnt though was how much improvement we still have in in, in our squad, um, like Keon's performance. I mean, we we all know we've, we've watched him. I've watched him since he's you know been a young boy, and mm. the, come through the juniors and that, and he's just starting to show what he what he's really got. Um, we've we've got Tane Milne, who we bought from the Warriors, has come back. Just came back and played his second game in, in second grade uh, last weekend and, and improved remarkably from his first one. Braden Burns returns this week from a long layoff. Uh, he's eager to go and, and ready. And Jed Cartwright, he's sort of the forgotten man of our squad. He played mm. in the centres in the prelim last year and did very well. He's coming back from an injury that he's been carrying for probably about 18 months. Mm. Um, that, uh congrats to our medical staff for getting on top of it. And he's 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 training uh, pain free now, so there's going to be a great upside in him. Um, and we didn't have Latrell playing the other night either, so, mm. uh, but the guys that did that just filling in and doing the job because they know what the game plan is. They get on with each other, mm. and they are just excellent attacking footballers. Mm. Yeah, the only worry for me, our defence was a little bit poor the other the other night, but that was more an attitude in the first half. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, that's what I've what I think. I think we've still got a lot of improvement in us. Mm. Uh, but as I say, I'm very happy where we are, and we never give up.
0: Mm. I learned two things this week. The first one was what great respect that the Gold Coast Titans mascots paid to to Reggie Rabbit on the weekend. Now, Reggie, who's also known as Charlie, um, he's he's had a rough few weeks after an incident that happened against. Uh, the Bulldogs a few weeks ago at, at Stadium Australia in the Good Friday game it's been a rough few weeks for him but their mascots lifted him up on their shoulders in front of our fans and the reception that they got was just absolutely fabulous and there was a great photo taken of it and we posted it on our social media saying thank you and what great respect shown to to Reggie and the Titans came straight back and said always welcome up here on the Gold Coast Reggie and just shows what great respect that these guys have amongst each other. They're they're sort of a forgotten member of the team sometimes, the mascot, but they've obviously got great rapport amongst each other. And I thought it was just a great moment that they showed that respect to to Charlie after what he'd been through um, in that Bulldogs game.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I want to touch on something you just said there in terms of the respect for Reggie, but Elo also mentioned, you know, how close we are as a team, and there was something to typify that, and that was uh, at the beginning with the Anzac ceremony, and we were arm to arm, and I looked, and the Titans mascots were just off to the side, Reggie was in line, and right beside, to the right of Adam Reynolds, as he looked to the grandstand, and he had his arm around, mm. him. he was part of the team, and mm. they know, so all have a personal relationship with, with Charlie Stroke Reggie, you know. Yeah. And he is part of our team and he's part of our club and that's you know, once you're a rabbit, you're part of the family. That's it, yeah. Oh
1: just just at that moment, Chad, and I was just about to bring it up you you come in as well, which which was outstanding but I, I turned to Brock just as the ceremony began, and I said, "That tells you a bit about our club." Yeah, That's it what's does. Right there,
0: absolutely. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. The other thing I've learnt this week is just how much growth we've seen in Latrell Mitchell since he's joined our club sixteen months ago. I've got to say, sixteen months ago, I didn't, I didn't see a a young man that was willing to stand up so publicly for what he believes in against racial vilification and unfortunately um, if for our listeners that haven't heard the story um, Luttrell faced some racial vilification over social media um, last week and instead of calling them out like he used to do on, on social media and try and make an example of them where he felt that it was probably just highlighting them and, and making them feel big about themselves because a footballer was talking about them and, and raising awareness of them. He actually decided to take action and, and came to the club with his managers. We took it to the Integrity Unit and the New South Wales Police and now arrests have been made over the things that have been, been said. And then he, he faced a press conference on Monday and I've got to say 16 months ago that would never have happened with Latrell Mitchell and he spoke so eloquently and with strength and with belief in what he was saying. And every one of the journos said to me afterwards, wow. Like what? What a strong message he's got across. This is, this could be a pivotal moment. And I'm not sure that Latrell realizes how powerful that moment could be. It, it it could change a lot of things for a lot of people. Him standing up, and we saw in the in the newspapers today, Jerome Luai at, at Penrith is considering taking similar action after he was attacked um, in comments underneath an NRL post. Um, on Instagram so it's good that these guys have seen the strength of Luttrell that he's standing up for this and that they feel like they now have a, a pathway and a process that they can follow which he has taken to stop this because it's absolutely disgusting some of the stuff that these guys get and I was just so proud of Latrell for the way he spoke and the actions he's taken because you can see he's, he's gone from Generally, a big boy when he got to us into a, a really fine, upstanding, remarkable young man. And he's going to be more than a footballer. He'll be remembered as more of a, than a footballer when he finishes his career. I think he's got a real opportunity to make real change in society.
1: It's such a pity that people don't see the troll that we see every day. Yeah. Um, we, you know, it's, it's no secret over the last you know, 12 to 18 months, you know, he has, he's been painted as a bad boy through the media in certain areas. And, you know, we, we can't change that. But, Latrell's action are uh, changing that, and and you know he was the the wrong picture has been painted of this guy. Um, you know he's a club that understands him. Um, he's he's got a the head coach and staff that understand him and the players understand him, and, like, support him. And, and, support and support him and support him. Yeah. And, you know he he lights up a room when he walks into it. Absolutely, Littrell. he's he's got a smile on his face when he comes to training. Yep, uh, you know he's 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 funny yeah but- ab- above all he stands up for what he believes in yeah and that's there's nothing wrong with that that's that's i encourage that in every one yeah. of our players and um you know he 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 is one of the true superstars of our game and 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 we don't treat him like it. Well, yeah. we do, but yeah. he's not treated across the game yeah. with the respect that he deserves.
0: His effect on kids is quite amazing too. And I've spoken about my daughter a few times on the podcast. She's a five-year-old little girl. She loves the rabbit and loves the players, but watches less than a minute of football when she goes to the game because she's too busy playing with her auntie or running around or doing something. But um, she started playing soccer this year, and we got her some bright yellow Adidas boots. And um, afterwards, we, we all went out to the charity shield at Mudgee, and I, I said to her, have you seen Latrell's boots? And she had a look, and they were the same boots as her. And she says, he's, he's wearing the same boots as me, Dad. That's amazing. And I said, how good is it? You've got Latrell's boots. And she says, but how did he know that I wear those boots, Dad? <laughs> But she absolutely lights up when she sees him. She was at the junior member clinic a few weeks ago and got a photo with him and showed her, his, her showed him her boots and all that sort of stuff. And he gives, gave her the time of day and saw her after the game uh, one week on the fence. And she just, you can't get her to sleep at night because she's so excited that Latrell's there talking to her and she doesn't love him because of his football ability. She wouldn't know if he's a good player or not, to be honest. She loves him because of the time he gives her and the the big smile that he's got, and because of his his lovely demeanour to her, and that's what it's about with him. He's just he's a special young man.
2: He is, and you're right. He's got so much time for everybody. People, like Ela said, people don't see it, but he's such a giving person. Um, as I said, I know I know his old man, Maddie, and Maddie was the same, very giving, happy-go-lucky, gen- generous kind of guy. And and I don't know him as well as you do, Luttrell, but I've seen him uh, mature. You're right, and People sometimes say, Well, you know, they've got to be a bit thick skinned and they've got to get over it, which is just absolute nonsense. Can can you I've I've got some Aboriginal my best mates, some of my best mates are Aboriginal. Can you imagine from the age of and I've I've seen them having a the cop you know, from the age of three and four, just being called these names, being called these names. So when am a guy like a troll comes to a uh, a status in the game mm. I'm not surprised He feels it's incumbent On him to stick up For yeah. all of those Three and four year old kids That are, that are competent. Yeah. So good on him It's great to see him mature Talking about growing And maturing and growing I've seen Elo grow Over the last <laughs> ten weeks
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a timestamp. Fifteen minutes in That's a new record for us
2: Well That's he's been too He's
1: just been tall A <laughs> lot more than all he does
2: He's grown by about Five kilograms <laughs> I reckon the last Last ten weeks. I tell you, we've
1: grown more than our audience, as Shannon. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <this is. laughs>
2: Hi, Mum. <laughs> Very good. But just
1: getting back to Latrell. Being serious, he's 23 years old. I know. You know, and he's like, he's yeah, he's he's
0: amazing, amazing footballer and amazing person. Yeah, I think you made a really pivotal point there, Shannon, where you say, imagine going through this since you're three or four years old. I can't imagine that. No, because I've never been in a position to suffer that that sort of abuse and, and that sort of upbringing. I can't imagine. And I think that's one of the barriers that a lot of people need to work through is um, as these things are highlighted and, and awareness is brought to these things that you need to try and put yourself in that position if you can because a lot of us haven't suffered that sort of abuse and it, it is hard to imagine yourself in that position. I think that's why a lot of people in the past have probably brushed it aside and said, get over it.
2: Yeah, they don't understand. But It's not that a child, 23 who's just been copying it. Oh. The child's been copying it since he's a kid. Yeah, you know? he said oh. since he was eight years old. Yep, absolutely. That's two thirds of his life. And, you know, it's something we've just got to continue to work on to eradicate from our community because it's, it serves no purpose except to hurt people. Yeah. It's absolute
1: rubbish. Yeah. It's rubbish it. what people do. It just annoys me now.
0: Yeah. One of the points that he was making the other day is these people need to, they do it because it makes them feel strong. Because they can have a go at a famous footballer, but they're actually weak. Yeah.
1: They they, it's, they, they it's, do it behind the, the social media. They, that's right. They they you know it's just it just goes
0: against. That's it.
1: Just Norman normal human principles.
0: That's it. And now they know these consequences with the police. Hopefully, it it helps slow it down and eventually stop it. So. Big, uh, big ups for Latrell Mitchell this week. Um, amazing effort to get up there and um, speak the way that he did. All right, let's get into our first top four topic of the morning. It's the top four smartest footballers that you've played with over the years. We'll start with you, Ella. Oh,
1: the, the first ones, Mark Blockhead Lines. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I thought it was the joke of the week, I was about that. <laughs>
2: To say Block's the smartest player You've played with You must have stopped playing When you're six years old nah, I, love no, you, block, we, I love you Block I love you We're
1: great mates He knows we're always throwing that in as a joke I mean he's always Bagging me about How fat I am I said At least one day Block I might be skinny
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, Poor old Block It takes him an hour and a half To watch 60 minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm glad it's you two saying
3: this.
1: <laughs> no, no, he does a great job with us, boy. He, he does rally mucking around. Um, well, it goes smartest players, I took it as in off the field. Um, probably, as, you know, I, I didn't know if you, if you meant on the field as in smarts, football, smarts. But I, I think probably um, Nathan Gibbs, I played, I, I sat on the bench in the reserve grade grade file in 1983 and Nathan was the captain of the team that won it. Uh, so I didn't actually play much football with Nathan from memory, but you know he he left the NRL very early because he he uh, studied medicine and became a doctor, and he's had he's had a great career mm. as a doctor in the game and outside as well. And um, so he's probably the smartest guy that that I think think I played, and I had the the pleasure of having him as our as our team doctor then when you know later in, in my career as well. Mm. So uh, fantastic guy and a, a smart fella. Mm. Uh, A couple of the other ones were around that same sort of era. Um, Tony Melrose played here. I think he he was in business and finances, uh, you know, coming through. You can always tell the smarter ones, they came to trading with a tie on. You know, that's how, how, instead of a pair of shorts and a T-shirt, they'd come in with their tie and everything like that.
0: Were there any smart enough to come in with a tie on that were actually dumb? Were they smart enough to do that? (laughs) I saw Blockhead do it at his wedding. he <laughs> <laughs> you leave
1: your hat on. He, he, that's what he did. He, he stripped down and leaving his hat on. It was just unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kenny Wright. Kenny Wright was another one. He was a, he was a dual international and a, a smart guy. And He, he came to us uh, via Ramwick by the Australian rugby team and then He'd been to the ro- 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 Roosters before oh. that as well. He
2: couldn't but. have been too smart then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he came to us. Yeah, you <laughs> sure.
1: And, um, yeah, it's – yeah, when I, when I took it in that sense, I mean, there's mm. been some smart uh, – a boy called Michael Colner has gone on and Sean Garlick have gone on to be great businessmen yeah. in, in their own right yeah. uh, since they've finished playing football. So, uh, to me, that's smart too. I mean, you know, they haven't, they haven't gone – gone through other areas in business and that, but they, apart from setting their own up, you yeah. know. They, so uh, that were some of the, the cluey guys that I played with off the field. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I, I must say, um, you yeah, the, the traditionally our game particularly back then was, was more you know, blue collar and, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and tradesmen and things like that mm-hmm. playing. So, mm-hmm. um, you yeah, know, not that they weren't smart in their own fields, but, I mean, yeah. when when you're talking about, you know, I don't know, smart as in, you know, university educated and things like that. They're the guys that probably come to
2: mind. Yeah. You mentioned Galo and the success he's had in business. He's smart. And I reckon one of the smartest things he did in business was when I lived at One Hardy Street, Mascot, he built a pie shop across the road. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolute genius. Absolute genius. Thank you, Galo. I I was just going to
1: come back today. Normally, it's getting a bit cooler every morning. Normally Shannon sends us a text ten minutes before says do you want a bacon and egg roll because yeah. he's got three in front of him and he normally yeah. only eats one. Today's a bit cold He ate the three, of them. Yeah. I didn't get the text this morning.
2: Sorry about that. Oh, uh, <laughs> very
0: good. Well, it's not payday until tomorrow. Yeah. He's probably a bit skint.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Help a brother out, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe need some new shoes.
0: Yeah. Hey, I didn't say you paid for him, <laughs> Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard him say, just put it on Keith McCraw's account. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I know all the football department's GL code. <laughs> very
2: good. Shannon, I'm glad someone does that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Shannon, good.
0: what about your list of smartest footballers? Well,
2: seeing I'm not that smart, I potentially uh, misinterpreted it, Jez. I, I, I sort of interpreted it as. S- football smarts, you know, smart on the field. Either way, however you want to interpret it. Okay, then thank you for your uh, leniency. <laughs> 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 sound no, like t- you sound like you're in <laughs> court and you've had experience.
1: No, just just we're <laughs> <terrible laughs> doing. <and> the <laughs> other ones, <laughs> so we'll pass on him today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what have you got, Jez? I've got nothing for this one. I haven't played with any smart people. <laughs> <laughs> you've been smart enough. <laughs> Uh, Yes, you're a good bloke. Yes, I'm a bloke to you, (laughs) right? Um, Moving on. So one of the smartest guys I played with, he actually went on to coach here at the Rabbitohs, um, and I played with him for a number of years, but it wasn't here at the Rabbitohs that I played with him. We didn't play together, did we? (laughs) 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 <laughs> Sorry, I meant to say he was a good coach. <laughs> 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 I should have clarified. <laughs> uh, he's the great Mitch Healy. Uh, Mitch, yes. Mitch,
0: coach here. Uh, did he, didn't he know, did? What years, mate? Uh, it was two thousand. So it would have been like
2: oh four, five, six, something like that. He, he was
1: co- he was assistant coach here when I was coaching the fleet.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. under Paul Leigh-Mac. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic fella. Sess was his nickname on the field. I don't know why he had that. By the time I got to the Sharks, but uh, Mitch was just. Fantastic, getting a side around the park and just reading the tempo of the game, when to step it up a gear, when back, when the, when the gear back a little bit and um, he just had an all around general game sense. He was smart enough. He had some outstanding players outside him and guys like E.T. and McGore, and, you know, Chris McKenna on the we edges. We needed him outside.
1: He didn't have any inside yeah. of him. <laughs>
3: Yes,
2: no. <laughs> I heard the tiger say, you know, to the forwards, you know, you do the fighting and I'll do the thinking. I, I used to say to Mitch, you do the thinking and the playing <laughs> and I'll cheer you on. I'll <laughs> cheer you on. <laughs> so Mitch was, yeah, he was, he was very smart footballer, had a great football brain, and I always uh, marvelled at it playing with him. And then it was very obvious he was going to be a successful coach when he moved on, and and as well as being a great. And smart player. He was also a, a great and smart coach. So, uh, Mitch Healy is the first. The second one is now coaching here. Is the great Jason Demetriou. I had the pleasure of playing JD with JD. He played here, uh, well, for Newtown when they were our feeder club in the old Metro uh, Metro Cup. I was having a dispute uh, with a, a former coach at the time. He didn't last long, Steve Martin, um, but. I was trying to get out of my contract, and I was put back to play Metro Cup until the contract dispute was uh, gone, and um, uh, the coach wasn't gone long after that either. Mm. But playing with Jason (laughs) Demetrio, playing with JD at Newtown, he was always a talent. He was way above that Metro Cup standard. He had a great football brain, and um, playing with him as a dummy half, when you've got a good – he was playing sort of 5'8", Five, eight at that stage. But when you've got a good half outside you, it just makes your life easier because they do, they do all the work setting. And, you know, you might just, he might just say, get him to the, get him to the middle of the field or get him to the 20 metre line. That's easy. You just call three to your right, get him to the 20 metre line, and then give him the ball for the set play out in the backs. He, so having those great players outside you makes your life so much easier. Mm. So JD, he was a great, uh, you know, had a great football brain, obviously still does. And I've got no doubt he's going to be a very, very successful. Coach. Just
0: speaking of JD, have either of you had a look at his ankle? No. It's the most hideous looking ankle you've really? ever seen
3: in your life. Is that right? It
0: looks like it's been broken in about sixteen different places. It's it's bloody smart of him to be able to walk upright by the
2: look of it. Yeah, yeah. it's
0: like, it's at right angles. This thing, it's amazing. Yeah, he's got a bit of. a... Got a bit of a stumble when he runs in yeah. that yeah, He told
2: no. me he's only he said he's broken it in two places, and I said, Well, I bet you'd never go back those two places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, tish. Oh, very good, <laughs> very good. Yes, uh, so JD, and then uh, I just mentioned him earlier, uh, Matty Mitchell, uh, Charles dad. Mm. He was a, I played with Matt, um, SG Ball, Jersey Flag, President's Cup. We came up to grade together, we also played in um the m c c some Catholic schoolboy sides and stuff um together. Uh, Matt was just again, a five eight. He was one of those guys that could get you around the park, but also a great individual player as well. Could step off both feet. He could put people through gap. He was agile. He he had a fantastic football mm-hmm. brain. One of one of one of if not the best schoolboy footballers I played with. Um unfortunately I think he got homesick and uh Good. he sort of he come to grade here at South and was no doubt uh, on his way to first grade But For whatever reason He took off home And probably because He was homesick And But he just had A great footy brain And uh, he was always A pleasure to play with
1: Just a quick shout out To Matty too He's been a little bit Unwell the last couple of weeks So um, He is recovering Which is great to hear And uh, we wish him All the best
0: Yeah absolutely Absolutely Dude. Yeah I don't think I've met A happier man in my life uh, Every yeah, time you see him He's got a massive smile On his face yep. He's so proud of his two boys Yes Both playing here at South yep. and. He's just a, a happy man. He's always got got great things to say about the club and the boys. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, he's
2: been like that his whole life. Yeah, you know? like yeah. um, I remember he moved out, and he, he probably was feeling homesick at the time. But you know, he was always happy-go-lucky yeah. all the time. And um, we used to give each other um, lifts to training at the time, and he was always just exceptional company. Yeah. So uh, my fourth, my fourth, and and last a uh, really intelligent player, is a halfback as well. Have you noticed they're all halfbacks? Because they did all the work for me. They did all the <laughs> thinking and the talking and the organising. They got all of. the money too. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's unfortunately <laughs> true as well, Elo. Uh, is Preston Campbell. And Preston was just had a, one of the most instinctive players I've ever mm. ever played with. And we talk about Cody. Cody's an instinctive player in our heads-up football. So is Trell to a certain extent. Um, but Preston, he was just all instinct You know, tiny little guy But could survive in a brutal sport A big man's game Just on pure instinct And nous and football ability And he was smart off the field He he had a great um, He was a great reader of people A great um, sense of identity himself And his culture And he, you know, we all know He, he helped kick off the All-Stars concept mm. He also uh, kicked off a charity up at, Up on the Gold Coast And just a really smart, um, considerate, empathetic guy. And uh, just had great instincts both on and off the field. So I had Preston, Mm. uh, Matty Mitchell, uh, JD, Jason Demetra, our coach, and... Which three of the four are
0: Yeah, I noticed last Friday, actually, up at the Gold Coast, there's a section of of the eastern side of the ground called the Preston Campbell Stand. And I don't know whether it was fans putting that sign up or the club, but I thought it was great that he was recognised as one of the originals up there. And, and for everything that he's done for the club and the community up there, I thought it was great to see his name up there on the grandstand.
2: Indeed, it is. I, I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Preston. Honestly, he—he mm. he, you spoke about Matty being such a positive guy. So is Presto. Presto mm. just happy, adores his family. Um, he adores. He's very. He's a strong advocate for the Aboriginal community as well. Mm. But he's so inclusive of everybody, and just such a such a great guy. Again, no. unlike Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> very good. We're we're getting so- a
1: complex, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to thank everyone. This is my last show. Today. <laughs>
3: promise, promise. <laughs> 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 be good.
0: Right, I will be back after this short break. <laughs> Now, the official Rabbitohs merchandise store, it's located down at the Heffron Park Tennis Centre on uh, Bunnerong Road in Maroubra, and they've got everything you can need down there for the game of footy on the weekend. If you need a jersey, a polo shirt, a T-shirt, hat flag, anything that you can think of that you need to take to the game, you can head down to the Heffron Park Tennis Centre, see the guys down there in the Rabbitohs merchandise store, and they'll help you out. And, of course, if you can't get down to Maroubra to the physical shop, you can shop online at shop.rabidos.com.au, and any new gear in this week, Shannon? There
2: certainly is, Jess. We're launching our Indigenous jersey, which is, I, m- I mentioned last episode that, you know, it's one for the ages. It's, uh really been really inclusive. All, all parts of the community have been involved in the development of it and uh, it's come up a treat and really looking forward to the boys playing in it and all of our fans getting to actually wear it and mm. um, we'll actually be wearing it for two rounds as well this mm. year, which is really exciting, which... Uh, We'll be wearing it in Dubbo uh, Mm. for our match out there, which obviously a strong um, Aboriginal community out in the bush, and uh, we'll also be wearing it for Indigenous around the week after as well. Obviously, we're very proud of our connection with the Aboriginal community and uh, even more proud of uh, this jersey that we've developed uh, this year. It's going to be... one for the ages.
0: Yeah, I got a quick look at it yesterday in the in the flesh when the uh, sample finally arrived on yes. our shores. We've been waiting for it for a while and it does look absolutely fantastic. And I uh, read about the story behind the jersey and as you say, it is very inclusive uh, across the club, the community and South Cares as well. So it's uh, it's going to be one for the collectors and one for all Rabbitohs fans that, that want to grab that for those two games in round 11 and 10 to make sure you jump online at shop.rabbitohs.com Rabideaus.com.au to pre-purchase your 2021 Rabideaus Indigenous jersey. Now, our second top four topic for the morning. The top four most famous people you've met through rugby league, then in brackets, that isn't Russell Crowe. Because we all know that he'd be he'd be one of the four Who for all he? of so. us. <laughs> well, being payday this week, he's our fantastic investor in the club. We That's all love Russell. I forgot. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we'll go through uh, the list. I think we started with you last time, Milo. So we'll start with Shannon on uh, on this one.
2: All right. Thank you, Jez. Uh,
0: I've- we'll see how many of our ones he steals. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: Well, I've tried to get a good cross section of you know the arts, politics, media. So uh, it's a it's a very listen, distorted. mate.
1: We just want to see you the four. Uh, oh, we don't need to know,
2: how, you. to know <laughs> how you're coming on, mate. Not a preamble, might be nice. I love it. I'll get on with it. then. Okay. The first one is the great Roger Corsa, Dr. Doctor Doctor. Um, Roger's a hardcore rabid-o. He's a Victorian, Melbourneian originally, but he's moved up here really. Adopted the Rabbitohs. Uh, actually introduced to them through Johnny Gray, um, another great supporter of the Rabbitohs, and played in our junior rep sides as a, as a kid. Johnny Gray, who wasn't a bad footballer himself, he introduced Roger Corsa to the Rabbitohs. Um, people probably know him today as Dr. Doctor. Um, Starts again Starts again to tonight. It does, yeah. yeah. a yeah. great orange. show. I love it. Great show. Filmed in Mudgee where we played yeah, the yeah, charity yeah. shield yeah. As, as well, but he's you know been on Water Rats. Uh, my favourite role was uh, in Underbelly as the detective in in underbelly, he was fantastic in that. But he's also done uh, I think four movies. Really really talented guy. In fact, um his former partner was Christine Arnoux and uh she's a great oh, okay. singer and they had a they've got a daughter and she's a she's a Didn't very talented uh, artist as well, Zippy. Okay. Uh she's a great singer. She launched the N R L season, I think it was in twenty nineteen. So very, very talented family and uh but Roger Roger's very famous. He's as you said uh, starting on Doctor Doctor tonight, everybody knows his face. Mm. Um, so Roger Course is th- one. From I the, think from your arts.
0: people are talking to his people, aren't they, as well, about making an appearance on the Rabbitohs Top Four podcast? Indeed, they are. So yeah. I think Roger. I gonna thought be- he
1: was going to be on Doctor Doctor.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Patient,
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> running the pie shop, <laughs> the bakery, <laughs> the bakery that goes broke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dr. Doctor, doctor walks in. You got any meat pies, mate? Not today, you sorry. There, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I start baking at four again. you got to get in before six.
2: <laughs> Didn't the
3: take long teeth. for the show to
1: degenerate,
2: you know? Degenerated quickly. Uh, very good. Well,
0: hopefully we can get Roger in here in, uh, in the coming weeks because I think he'd be a really interesting chat about how a guy that's not been brought up on the story of how Sydney, actually came to love the club. So I think it'd be great.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are always good stories to hear.
0: He came and he came and played in a celebrity touch football game at one
1: of the return to Redfin matches
2: from memory. Yeah, I think you yeah, might yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, I think he was on Water Rats at the time. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah very good. Um, the next one is from the media. Is um, Stan Grant? Mm. Stan Grant is a really well-credentialed journalist. He was, he's you know doing work for ABC and Channel. Channel 7 and been on Australian TV previously, but uh, internationally he was on the big, big stage through CNN and he was their Middle East correspondent and doesn't get much. Um a higher profile in the media than the Middle East on CNN, so covering mm. the Middle East. So, Stan Grant. He's also written four books, and he, you know, we we spoke about Trell earlier about being um, an advocate and a leader in the Indigenous community. Well, certainly Stan Green mm. is that, and I know he's been courted by all sides of politics, but he wants to stay true to his ideals and and I guess not be a party man for anyone, and mm. uh, he can do that as being a journalist. And I think Stan's going to come and do some stuff with the with the yeah. players too. hello. I believe so. Uh, yeah. Just maybe maybe another guest for
0: the uh, top four podcast if he can get in nice and early on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, uh, you know, He'd Stan...
2: fantastic. Yeah, Stan's, you know, I can't let too much out of the bag, but Stan's coming in and having a bit of a chat with our players mm. too. And I think, um, you know, he loves the club. He's always talking about this guy and that guy. So uh, I'm sure he could be mm. talked into coming onto the podcast as well,
0: Jess. I think his son was in our... Junior reps a few years ago as well, so he's got that football background with the club as well.
2: I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the the whole family are mad yeah. So Yeah, uh, good, good people, great guy. Stan. Um, ne- the next two actually come from politics. Um, Bob Hawke, like it doesn't get much bigger than than Bob Hawke. You know, a great man, probably Australia's one of Australia's best <laughs> ever prime ministers, and I just got to meet him at a at a. Um, event I think it was a fundraiser from memory and he got up and he just spoke about his ideals and what's driven him the whole time was before he passed obviously and um, I would hope so yes yeah would have been a pretty <laughs> been a boring event otherwise I well for him to get up and speak it yeah. would have been quite the event yes. he was probably hoping it was after he passed when he <laughs> He liked even him. And <laughs> joke. He, he wouldn't be offended by any of this, <laughs> you know. But just a just a, a great guy, great values, and one of the values that we all loved about Bobby Hawk was he's just um, a knockabout kind of guy. He, he nicked a schooner again on the night, and um, he got up and sung solidarity forever. But I just think he was a great prime minister for our country. But you know, still loved loved his sport was well-renowned for loving his sport and he was at a community fundraiser as I said so that was a privilege to to meet uh Bob Hawke and true Australian a true mm. Australian a great guy and a guy of similar values and now the the Labour leader and he's the great Anthony Albanese I think everybody knows Albo is a rabbitohs man through and through he's um he's the member for Gramler but he's also a life member uh can't claim to have too much in common with Albo because he's he's a man of much higher intellect and um, profile than myself. But we're both St Mary's Cathedral boys. We both went to St Mary's Cathedral. Um, my brother got expelled when I was in Year Eight, so Mum yanked me out as well. But um, <laughs> but uh, I was at St Mary's Cathedral for Year Seven and Eight. Um, and he's also he was also the Deputy PM. People forget in 2013. Um, Labour went on to lose the election later that year. It had nothing to do with him. It was uh the leadership fighting at the time. But he was also our deputy PM for a while there, Albo it was and he, he 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 learned his cut his teeth under Tom Uren, um, who was a, a great supporter of the working class and a great mentor to Albo. And I think Albo's taken those values through and I think that's reason why lots of rabeaux really take Albo to heart that he you know, the Rabaudos is known as the working men's team and uh Albo certainly um Rides himself on his affiliation with the, mm. with the working class. So my, my four famous people, two from politics, The Great Albo and Bob Hawke, and also uh, Roger Corsa from, from the arts and Stan Grant from media. Speaking of
0: politics, I heard a, a rumour the other day, and I can't substantiate this, but I heard a rumour that Scott Morrison, who is a renowned Sharks fan, was actually a Rabbitohs fan until he got pre-selection in a Sutherland Shire Electorate.
2: I've heard the same thing.
0: And then had to become a Sharks fan for yes. it. So um, we actually had an idea a few years ago of having the two of them on field and having a footy debate as opposed to a political debate when the Rabbitohs played the Sharks. So hopefully we can get that up off the ground one year. I think it'd be great entertainment for the crowd.
2: Yeah, yeah, they'd both be speaking for the affirmative for Rabbitohs in the And the affirmative team wins. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Very good. Very good. Hello. Let's have a look at your list.
1: Yeah, I, we mentioned not Russell Crowe, but I mean, Russell Crowe's uh, been responsible for many of the, the great people we have met at the club That's right. over the years. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, it's been, it's going through the list and trying to remember them all has been been a fantastic sport yeah. sort of journey. But one that really sticks out for me was in Jacksonville. I met the great um, Cassius Clay's Angelo, Angelo, Angelo Dundee. Dundee, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali's great trainer. Trainer, uh, you know he he just Sitting there and talking to him for, you know, 20 minutes or so. Yeah. just spoke about the fights and, like, how he, he, you know, he came back and won the title three times. And, like, they were the days when boxing was was one of the, the premier sports in the yeah. world. The heavyweight championship of the world yeah, really meant something. I mean, these days, you know, it doesn't mean anything like it, it did mm. back then. I mean, you had some great fighters like Frazier and Foreman mm. and, Mm. You know, and Sonny listed and that that he he just beat along the way and he was yeah, you know, he probably could go easily be in a debate as the greatest athlete of all time. Absolutely. Muhammad Ali and, and to be able to meet his trainer and have a have a chat with
2: him. Um yeah, like, you know, Angelo Dundee, um it's one question I've always wanted to ask. Um I don't know if you got the chance to ask, is he related to Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> <laughs>
0: They didn't look alike, <laughs> I've got to say. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I didn't
1: ask him that. <laughs> it was remiss of me.
0: <laughs> but
1: then uh yeah, some other other real famous people that, that I've met, I've met Alan Jones, Nick Griner, the former you know Premier of New South Wales. We all know Alan Jones, what what he, you know, all really um you know big in the positions that they've influential held people, influential yeah. and also, also, I mean Influential with the Rabbitohs over, over mm. the years and the things they've done, you know. Mm. Um, and you know, you you'd have been coaching.
2: Were, yeah, were you yeah. playing
1: when Alan was here coaching? Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. there you go.
0: So there, there are a couple. Were of boot- you playing?
2: <laughs> uh, I, was doing my be- I was doing my best. I was doing my best. I can't claim to be playing, but I was doing my best. All I, all I can say. I was impersonating, <laughs> impersonating <laughs> yourself. <football. laughs>
1: another another person, pretty famous person was. Uh, the lovely Pamela Anderson from the Baywatch days. It's um, uh, yeah, beautiful woman, obviously, and and you know well known for you know, her appearances on on Baywatch and that. But um, I've got to tell the story. We, we I think it was about two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. We're playing the Roosters at at the old football stadium. It's knocked down now, being rebuilt. But I was the assistant coach at the time. <laughs> You'd warm up. It was a Friday night game. We warmed up on, on the cricket ground out at the back because you mm. couldn't, didn't warm up on the field in those days. Anyway, we're about three minutes into the warm-up and everyone's on fire, you know, every the balls. No dr- balls have been dropped, anything like that. All the drills are going smoothly. And next minute, everyone looks hey, here's Russell walking out on the field with Pamela Anderson in, this, in the truly white jeans, tank top and everything. And, and, and you know, you can imagine the concentration. Level. I was going <laughs> to say, oh, just, we
3: the bit of distraction. Just, you know, we, we <laughs> yeah. did,
1: what happened, I said we hadn't dropped the ball, we dropped four in the in the next <laughs> drill that we did. Players, <laughs> were, players were tripping over their tongues <laughs> when they were <ran> running <laughs> the oh, no. I mean, I couldn't, I was the coach trying to set the drills up. It was really hard to concentrate. <laughs> we, went, we, went, we went out, we were behind 12-0 after six minutes oh. and it was 18-0 at half time and we end we up losing 18-16. Oh. But... Um,
0: yeah, she's a famous person, great actress, great model in a time as well. Um, I think Eva Mendes was there that night too. Was she? Yeah, I think she okay. was in the box as well that night too. Okay. But obviously yeah. didn't come down to training. But yeah, 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 he had, a, yeah. Uh, had an interesting corporate suite that night.
1: Yeah, but. Um, also, I met I met Greg Norman in um, in Jacksonville again. The game when we took over to play Leeds, and you know that was an amazing experience for me because I think I've mentioned before. On the, he, was, he was my favourite golfer of all time, and until he choked in the Masters, you know.
2: He's <laughs> <laughs> your solid emo. Yeah, because I tell Adam Scott one. <laughs> <laughs> now he
0: he he
1: bagged me about my football career as much as I begged him.
2: <laughs> no, He's he, also a good judge. Then, isn't <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a what a what an outstanding uh Australian he's been over the years though, and what he did for Australian golf and in the business world again one of the world's most famous sportsmen you know particularly Australian you know so um yeah he he was he was great to meet um you know I've, I've mentioned Alan Jones mm. and Nick Griner, um and yeah to be fair without embarrassing I mean Wayne Bennett yeah. I sit and chair an office with him every day. Yeah. Um you know, he's been with us now into his third year. It's been a remarkable experience. i mm-hmm. I'd known Wayne previously at, at coaching camps, etc. uh when when I was a lot younger and and seen the passion he has for rugby league, seen the passion he has for his family, um and and just what he brings, it, it's it, you know, he he's obviously Heavily invested in the Rabbitohs. He, he loves it here. You can see all his demeanour. But the one thing that you know sets him apart is through his experience, he's been able to be heavily invested in a club like us, but he's heavily invested in the game as well. And he, he truly wants the game to keep thriving because, he, yes. because of his love of it and because of what he's put in over the years. Uh, and you, you see him come up in the media sometimes when things changes and that he thinks – we need in the game, and, you know, that's not just to promote the Rabbitohs. That's so uh, the game of rugby league keeps improving. And that's, you know, you. sometimes you forget, like, a guy like him. I, I know when he first came down from Brisbane, I took him around looking at a bit of accommodation. Of course, everyone knows him. And he, he said to me, he said, I, truly I didn't think many, as many people would know me. He didn't say that, you know, being big-headed. He just no. said that. But he he, he is just... He's iconic in Australian
0: sport. Yeah. He is. And, he, and
2: you're right, he's a great uh, advocate for the game. I mean, we've taken Charles to the... You know, he's been av- advocating and, and helping push us to, to take games to Griffith and Albury, those pre-season trials, because he thinks it's so important to, to propagate the game in the bush. And I, I know he's pushed for games into Toowoomba and up in Qu- regional Queensland as well. So he absolutely is. But I was just wondering... Hello, when you're driving around with him, what what car does he drive? Does, does, does he drive a Grand Torino?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. all these people thought they were bumping into Clint Eastwood.
1: <laughs> exactly
0: right.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the other the other uh, famous person that I was lucky to spend a lot of time with was Jack Gibson when yeah. I, I played under him for a couple of years out there at the Sharks, and yeah, you know, he i the reason I went to the Sharks is I'd watched him coach the great Roosters teams, the the great Parramatta teams, and uh, you know in you know, a negotiation to stay at South, and he rang, um, and I'd I'd been in awe of him, and. Uh, yeah, just, just spending a couple of years being coached by him was, was really good.
2: And yeah. you know, Jack actually wasn't even the f- most famous one in his family. His brother Mel was much more. <laughs> 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 he went on and did really well. So. <laughs> oh,
0: You've been clever good. today. <laughs> he is. <laughs> These early mornings agree with him. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, I've got my list and I've blown four way out of the water here, but I couldn't leave anyone out. And there's someone you've missed, Elo, on your list, which I'll bring up in a second in my list. Okay. Uh, so my first one, I've spoken about it before, but Jonah Lomu. I was a massive Jonah Lomu fan and had the opportunity to meet him at the Auckland Nines in, in 2014 and spent some time with with him and Michael Maguire in our team room before the team came back. It was just an amazing experience. And um, Jonah's an absolute legend that goes much further than rugby union the effect that he had around the world um, on people Um, my second one is the great Snoop Dogg Mm. I had the uh, opportunity to meet um, as I introduced him Mr Snoop Dogg At the Redfern Community Centre in 2008, when he visited the block, Um, Russell asked him to come down to the block and talk to the kids down there about getting involved in sport and how it can help not only your health and, and your lifestyle, but also keep you out of trouble. Um, and he spoke really well that day, and he had the two biggest security guards I've ever, ever seen in my life. Like, we talk about a young kid like Jordan Mylata that's now made his way into the NFL being 158 kilos. These bloke were double the size of Jordan. Yeah. Which, <laughs> phenomenal. Um. Speaking of Jacksonville, as you were before, ello, I met um, the Tuttle family of Orange County Chopper um, fame. They were the ones that built the Rabidos Harley Davidson bikes for for Russell, and I had the chance to do the grand announcing at the game and interview them and and Russell on the field, and they were the three most hungover men I've ever met in my life that day but I interviewed them on stage. But uh, it was great to meet them, and they were all good good fellas. Um, another group of people I had the chance to meet was the Irwin family. Oh, uh, yes. Um, so we were lucky enough to feature on Oprah's show when she was in, in Sydney, and Russell was one of the special guests, and they organised for about 10 or 12 of our players to be in the stands, and they were going to highlight the boys with their – their jerseys on because I think we had the new star sponsorship at the time and uh, he wanted to highlight that. So um, this was back in 2010 and we were all backstage at the Opera House waiting to go out to our seats and here was the Irwin family in the same room with us so I had the opportunity to meet Robert and Bindi and Terry Irwin there so um, and the, <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what the boys were absolute hits in that mostly female audience oh, when great. Oprah said come on boys stand up show us who you are and they all get up in their red and green jerseys the ladies in the crowd which was 98% of the crowd were women went absolutely nuts <laughs>
1: that was when you stood up yeah. oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks hello hey. thanks, Thank you, LA. Those oh. baby
2: cows the, uh, and cows, i
0: tell you what. <laughs> the old Aleut play. I put it up there <laughs> and LA Slam Dunk said, I like it. If the I ladies were it.
2: cheering. I was just wondering, who was minding their guide dogs? <laughs> <laughs> very good.
0: Um, I had the opportunity to meet Kostya Zoo on his very first day in the country when he came yeah. over from Russia. It was back in 1992 and I was actually in high school doing um, work experience at Big League magazine. And oh, Bill yeah. Morty, the great boxing promoter, he was running Big League magazine at the time. And I was there. I was only 15 years old, and I was talking to footballers on the phone and writing stories for them for the magazine. Thought I was in absolute heaven. The next thing, this boxer walks through the door. That's five foot six and weighing next to nothing. And Bill's introduced him to everyone in the office, and he couldn't speak English. He was yeah. he was just shaking hands, and Bill said. This guy's going to be an absolute phenomenon, and didn't that turn out to be the truth? Absolutely, with, with what he what he uh, what he ended up producing in his boxing career, and it now continues with his son Tim. So, yeah,
2: well, you know, neither of them are the most famous one in their family either. Uh, his brother Toronga, he's he's an icon of Sydney. Brother Taronga. very good. <laughs> I think I'd
1: stop there.
3: shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> first one's right. <laughs> Uh, the next little group I've got is NFL footballers. So we mentioned Jordan Milata there that played in our under-20s. He's now with the Philadelphia Eagles. But Is it, is it four? Is it the top four? Yeah, <laughs> no, I've blown away out of the water. Sorry. I've still got more I've to got go a couple. I've got a couple to add to that okay. I, I must before we finish. No worries. You're remiss of me. Um, so uh, Marshawn Lynch, the man known as Beast Mode, he came out and visited us in 2019. And it was an absolute media circus for a bloke that hates doing media. Um, He's famous for going to the Super Bowl media event and saying, I'm only here so I don't get fined. I'm only oh, really? here, yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't know get that and He yeah, said it yeah. over and over, but he's a running back, so he only ever runs the ball. And he had to attempt to make a tackle on one of our boys, which he did quite well. But then he had to attempt to take a shot at goal, which Renault showed him how to kick. And he was almost in front and missed by a good 10 metres. So <laughs> <laughs> he was never going to be a kicker. Jez, um,
2: uh, hang on. You said a running back. They just run the ball, they don't do any tackles. No I tackles. think L.O. must have played running back <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very good. At least I ran the ball. So. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Last but fair.
0: Uh, I also met um, Michael Irvin, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time yeah, in NFL that. history, Dallas Cowboys fame. We met him up in Coffs Harbor in 2010. He was a guest of Russell Crowe when we played a, a, a preseason trial match up in Coffs Harbor. So it was great to meet meet him and probably the most special and probably the least famous of all those guys but is a guy um, by the name of Tom McManus. He was a linebacker with the Jacksonville Jaguars and we met him in Jacksonville in in 2008. Um, I actually called the game with him for 1010XL Sports Radio in Jacksonville and he'd spend a little bit of time with uh, a mate of ours, Spinner Howland, who was organising the game and also he's living in Jacksonville and he was organising the game over there and he'd spend a bit of time with the Jacksonville Axemen, the local team over there and so we called the game together and it was so much fun. I've I've kept in contact with him um, via Facebook since then and he's a, he's a great guy and loves his Jacksonville Jaguars and it was great to meet him and Russell actually joined us as part of the commentary for that, that game as well and I don't know if you remember in that game we were down by about 24 points or something in the last quarter we just scored try after try after try and that was when Russell was in the box with us and at the time he was... Uh, promoting Cinderella Man, the the boxing movie about James J. Braddock, and. After the try that that brought us uh, within two points, Russell's, while I'm trying to commentate, Russell's punching me in the ribs in excitement. (laughs) So in my commentary, I've just spat out, oh, and I'm copping blows to the ribs from James J. Braddock. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a good bit of fun. Um, You mentioned before guys that that have been influential to the Rabbitohs. I've got four names in Don Lane, Ray Martin, Andrew Denton, and Mike Whitney. They are four guys that have had great um, media careers and comedy and... Uh, also cricket, but their media careers is what a lot of people these days know them for, but they've just been so influential to our club and it's been a real pleasure to to spend time with those guys over the years with their love of the Rabbitohs as, as well. It's... It, uh, it show we've talked about how equalising rugby league and the Rabbitohs are, and it's guys like these guys and Russell where you look at them as fellow South supporters rather than these superstars.
2: Absolutely, and they're still passionate about this the club today. And yeah, you know it's because of these guys the the battles they went through that help keep us alive that yeah. we're here. But to stay connected and still supporting the club, uh, it's fantastic. We're we're blessed as a club to have so many high profile uh, supporters.
0: Yeah, true believers they are. And and the final one. Else. I know I've dragged this on a little bit, but we've had a host of cricket stars come through the club. We had Ricky Ponting join us at a members event in the mid 2000s and he was wearing a a Rabideaux jersey at that. We had Shane Watson come and train with us when he was doing um, some of his rehab work. Um, a few years ago, he was training with us and we had the opportunity to meet people like Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath, Michael Slater, Ian Botham, the late, great Martin Crowe, who was on our on our board. Uh, we met them all at the Rabbitohs T20 cricket game back in 2007, which was actually the day after Warney and Pigeon retired from Test Cricket at the SCG. Yep. They still came to Alan davidson Oval the very next day and played in this charity cricket game and helped raise money for charity, but there was... One very special guy that played in that game, a former England cricket captain, Alan Lamb, who played in that game, and uh, I thought you may have mentioned him out in your, uh, well, in your you're list. Just, of you're just
1: reminding me what happened. I was fielding down <laughs> at long off, and uh, he's hit a hit a ball in the air, right on the fence, and uh, I got under the ball. I thought this is an easy catch. And was sponsored by Virgin back in the days, and they had the red plane, right? So the red plane went in the back of the board. I lost sight of the board and it just dropped it straight. Oh,
0: great excuse! Great excuse. And, and I, I believe. believe your son Josh hasn't oh, let you live it down since. Yeah,
1: yeah. I used to fancy myself as a bit of a cricketer. As as I got older, I didn't move, and my reflexes weren't quite as quick as they used to be. But yeah, that was a great initiative. And you, you've left one out there. We had yep. the great Steve War. Steve oh, Waugh came yes. and and spoke to the boys up at up at Russell's farm. Yeah. And, uh, had a bit to do with with Steve with Madge, you know, mm. just uh, talking about leadership and things like yeah. that. He's um, he's a he's, he loves his rugby league. He's a bulldog boy, obviously coming from Bexton, mm. but um, just two people that I left out and um, I meant to mention them was uh, Kathy Freeman. I spoke at length, yeah. I think, one of our episodes about her coming between the before the grand final. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, um, not quite as vocal, but a great. Uh, person for her Indigenous people Mm -hmm. you know uh, knowing a culture and knowing a community and knowing herself and a lovely lovely girl yeah lovely girl and another one that you know we had Anna Mears come uh, the great Australian cyclist Olympic gold medalist Mm. and um, you know to to find out I had the the pleasure of she she lives in Adelaide or she lived in Adelaide at the time it was 2012 or going into the semi-finals, we need to, we needed to finish in the top four. And we played Newcastle in their in their last game of the season up there, and it's all that traditionally their old boys' day. So mm. you go up there, it's hard, it's hard enough to win up at Newcastle any any time, but when it's old boys' day, it's tough. Anyway, had the pleasure of picking her up and driving her up to Newcastle, which obviously two and a half hour drive. But yeah, you know, spoke all the way about what she'd gone through in her in her career. It's obviously prompted by me. Um, but you know, she'd had uh she spoke about her parents owning a fish shop back, back uh where they where they lived and they used to her her mum or dad a driver. Like sometimes there'd be a six or seven hour turnaround to compete yeah, in right. a day and they'd they give up all this time and then she had a bad accident not long before an Olympic Olympic event and, you know, she was immobilised and got back and got the Olympics, won the gold medal, mm. but it was a her story really resonated with the boys as well. Yeah. Um, and that was in 2012. And I got a text after the game in 2014 saying, "LA having a champagne for the boys tonight. What a great week. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so, and, you know, just just a lovely person mm, and, and, was, a, and a great ambassador for Australia as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, you mentioned that. So, <laughs> LA, you mentioned uh, Alan Lamb and, and- Dro- dropping that catch. You couldn't catch Alan Lamb. You couldn't catch Terry Lamb either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, better
0: lamb cut on I'd have yeah, I was going to say, what about a leg of lamb? <laughs> 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 never dropped one of that argument. <laughs> oh, very good. You redeemed uh, yourself there, Shannon. Well done. <laughs> we'll be back in a second. Oh, uh, now the Rabbitohs are back with their home games for season 2021, which means corporate hospitality and game day experience are available from the Rabbitohs. So, whether you're entertaining clients or mates on a night out at the footy, you can contact James and Maddie from our corporate hospitality team because they've got all the options that suit your needs, and the VIP experiences can be very special as well. So, visit corporate.rabbitohs.com.au, and Shannon, we get quite a few people taking up these offers.
2: Absolutely, it's a gr- it's a great night. Out. and as you said, you can be hosting your staff, your clients, whatever you like but it's just a fantastic experience particularly as we're you know, are coming into some big matches now we've got the Storm, they're coming first and then back into the year, we're going to be in the finals, no doubt um, so the excitement uh, leading into that will be a great way to um, host, your, host your guests very good, very good. So corporate.rabbidos.com dot or give the club a call and
0: ask for James or Maddie in the corporate hospitality team.
1: And if Shannon's coming into the box, just get a bit of extra catering. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> just to, uh, just we will, to, Talking about coming to the box Seriously though um, One of the things we do We have our injured or suspended players And obviously Luchel's um, out at the moment So we're hopeful to get him into the, into the suites And the boxes to meet some of our corporate guests as well So you might be lucky enough to secure Luchel
0: Beautiful So that we'd be looking at the round nine game Storm, Against yeah. the Melbourne Storm on the yeah. Thursday night So make sure you jump in And grab your corporate hospitality for that game Now, our trivia question from last week. We had three proud South Sydney first grade players with us in the studio the week before. What were the first grade player numbers of Mark Ellison, Stephen Fennick, and Shannon Donato? Now, we gave some, uh, some number ranges. Elo's number is between 700 and 725. Let's see if he's uh, got his one right. 720. 720. He's player number 720. Shannon, you virtually gave yours away <laughs> last week when you said it was between 862 and 864. Yes. Oh. I, I did check that I think they'll away when when
1: they were <laughs> giving them away when they gave them the end. don't worry about that. <laughs> I concur, actually. <laughs> <laughs> number
0: 863, Shannon Donato, and the great Stephen Finnick, number 767. So that was a bit of a tough question, but you can find all those numbers on the internet, and it's good to follow them along as the players make their debut and add to that um each game now
1: it is just just on that too jazz it, it's um the players do really make a big thing of it now yeah. it's part of what what we've done and and when when the players play for the club there's a there's a key ring that they're given yep. after they make their debut with their name and their number on yep. it and uh I carry mine around with me and I'm sure most of the players yep. do that get them now
2: yeah, and the Old Boys, we, we, we've got pilots with our first grade number on them, so it certainly mm. is a, a badge of pride that mm. the, the the players like, and speaking about the Old Boys, we've got a Old Boys function uh, this Saturday, we're going to celebrating some of the excitement machines over the last 60 years, mm. and I'm uh, really looking forward to, to that event, I won't yeah. let the cat out of the bag on who they are, but uh, should it be, should be a great day. Yeah. No, that would be bad of <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we will or we won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> I think the last um, debut was Dean Hawkins. I think he's number eleven sixty-eight. So only eleven hundred players have had the uh, have had the honour of playing first grade for South Sydney over one hundred and thirteen yeah. years. So it's it's quite the honour to have one of those numbers, and you two should feel very privileged.
1: Two, two types people. of people, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> those that wear the red and green and those that wish they could.
2: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, honestly, you speak to any player who's gone on and played for Australia or you know, won Grand Finals and their first grade debut is yeah. often the highlight of their oh, career. Yeah. You know, it's right up there anyway.
0: Yeah. So a trivia question for this week. Speaking of first grade player numbers, who is number one? on the Rabideaux's first grade player list. I know that
1: one, Jed. You told me that one.
0: The hint is he was our first captain back in 1908, so you should be able to do your homework and get the answer for that, but we will give you the answer to that one next week. Now, of course, the Rabbitohs Podcast network's proudly brought to you by the great team at What If. Now, if you're looking for your next epic holiday or maybe a long weekend with your mates or you really need to get to the next game, then it's time to what if it. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. And because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to the special website of whatif.com slash rabbitohs and use the promo code rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels. Now conditions apply there but make sure you visit whatif.com slash and use that promo code rabidos 15 to save 15% on select hotels and we encourage anyone that's thinking of heading out to Dubbo to, to see us play the Penrith Panthers in what is shaping as a, a top four clash out there. It's going to be a great game. Make sure you jump on whatif.com slash and book your accommodation and, and your travel.
2: That's what i was going to say. Not only can you book your accommodation but your flights. You mm. get that 15% discount up so you're mad if you're a Rabidose person and you don't use
0: it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So once again, whatif.com slash Rabidose, and the, that code is Rabidose 15 What if it's Aussie for travel? It is time for Shannon's joke of the week. Here we go.
2: All righty. Well, I've mentioned before that I'm from Wollombi, working class suburb, and uh, my mother still lives there actually. And I was down there a couple of weeks ago. And I
0: you haven't taken her to Volclues?
2: No, I haven't. No, mate. <laughs> taught, please,
0: please. I, did, I didn't know you from Vol. No, from mate.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Very proud Wollombi boy. Uh, and despite what Jess says, I don't live in Volclues. <laughs> Just around the corner. Oh yeah, Point Piper. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, I don't live there either. I don't. Um, anyway, back. Back visiting my mother in Wollumaloo and uh, I thought I'd just, you know, after feeling good about myself, i will go down and have a couple of beers at the local pub, the, the Frisco Hotel down there. I was having a couple of beers, sitting there minding my own business at the bench, at the bar, sorry, and all of a sudden this guy comes in he looks a bit agitated and a bit distressed and a little bit dishevelled and he walks up with a vacant look in his eye and he says to the barman, I want a triple vodka. I was, looks a bit surprised He says, oh, okay, poor Triple vodka and bang, he just sculls it in one go. He says to the barman, "I want another triple vodka." And barman goes, "Oh, okay. Uh, what was it? Sure enough, he necks it again, just sculls it in one go, really quickly. He says, to "The barman, I want another one." The Barman said, "Look, you now, mate, is, there, is everything all right? You know, like you look a bit, you look a bit stressed, and you three triple. V- I'll pour it for you. but got, you know, I just, just want to check everything all right." He said. You'd be ordering three triple vodkas too if you had what I had. And the barman said, oh, what do you got? And he said, <laughs> <laughs> $1.20. Oh, that's,
0: that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. You've done well there. You've done well there. It's back to you next week, Ella. Uh, yes, yes. Yes. Very good.
1: it's be hard to beat that one. Yes.
0: <laughs> very good. We'll be back in a second. Boys, that's the end of our 10th episode. We finally made it to double figures, and the, the crowd's loving it. They're absolutely <laughs> loving our efforts here. So, uh, it's, uh, can't believe we made the double figures. Let's hope we can get the triple figures over the years. We'll see how we go. No, it's but- just been.
1: Um- Having some counselling from the abuse I've been receiving from
2: Shannon over over the last few weeks, Jeremy. Uh, Uh, I'm just
1: doing my best to hold myself together.
2: She and Earl's got a work cut out for her. (laughs) She does. I
1: I tell her my story.
0: She's in the fetal position in the (laughs) (laughs) very good that's not right
3: Uh, that's that's not right
0: (laughs) that's good Uh, so thank you everyone for listening of course you can contact us with the topic suggestions at rabbitos.com.au slash podcasts or you can contact us via Twitter and send us your topic suggestions we'd love to hear your thoughts on topics that we should discuss don't forget to give us a glowing review and a five star rating if you can on your podcast app it helps us in the search engines of the, the podcast app that you're listening on um, so that we can g- uh, grow our podcast and get more people listening into the whole podcast network. And speaking of the podcast network, I don't know if you boys have listened to the Rabbitohs Radio episode from last weekend yet, but they do a fantastic tribute to Jack Rayner around the uh, the ANZAC round and and how he came to to play at South. And they had a a wonderful that Jack had played 195 games for South Sydney and not one reserve grade or third grade game, which is quite unusual back in those days because it was usually a progression yeah. that you came through the ranks um, to play up into first grade. But but for him to play 195 games, be the captain coach of the club for so long with so much success, it shows what a legend he is for our club. So make sure you jump on there and listen to the Rabbitohs radio podcast as well. We've got the audio version of the Rabbitohs Insider. We've got all of our um, weekly media interviews. And if you haven't um, seen Latrell's interview from Monday, you can get that on the Rabbitohs podcast network as well. So you can listen in the car or on the train on the way to work or whenever you want to listen to it. It's all there for you so make sure that you search for Rabidos Podcast Network on your podcast app and the Rabidos Top 4 Podcast it's powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If another great week and a uh, pleasure to spend the morning with you gentlemen
2: likewise Jez yes, it's been emotional <laughs> it has <laughs>
0: It's been more emotional than informative. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget, powered by Audio Technica and presented by What If, and we will see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What If, it's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Rabbit holes.